my topics project literally has 59 tasks. That's like, <laughs> that's literally more than a year. <laughs> yeah, but every time we are about to choose a topic, you seem confused. <laughs> Macintoshes uh, will absolutely switch away from Intel and to the ARM architecture. Am I getting good on the finishes or what? Very nice, very nice. <laughs> Hello, I'm Michael. I'm Radek. And this is The Podcast. A sounding board for interesting ideas and insights. We discuss books we read and want to share with you. As well as technology and productivity, which is what we do by day, working on our app, Nosby. Or whatever else comes to our minds. Yeah, and um, actually we are going to air this episode after Christmas. So last time you were so consumed with your MacBook Pro Ness, that we forgot to wish Merry Christmas to the listeners, you know, to the few people who actually listen to this thing. So, Absolutely. Um, Merry after Christmas to everyone <laughs> and um, a Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, it, it seems like, uh, once again, like one year ago, we're taking a, a two-week break. So this is the last episode of the year. And then we'll get back to you in two weeks. Yeah. Uh, we are taking vacation, um, feedback loops, uh, quarterly offsite. Um, we'll link yes. to the episode in the show notes. Uh, so we'll do all of that and uh, also plan uh, next year. Um, I'm preparing even a, a webinar in the beginning of the year about New Year's resolutions. Mm. Uh, so <laughs> I want to make sure that uh, <laughs> I have mine in order and then I have my tips and tricks ready. So, uh, you know, we want to have this time to, to, to gear up for the next year. And then uh, we will be happy to record again. Webinars. What? Webinars. Hmm? Never mind. Okay, never mind. Let's Webinars. Webinars are cool. No, they're not. Oh, they're very cool. Uh, to everyone who, who, who liked my webinars, uh, please send a, a, a not nice comment to Radek on Twitter. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Michael. Okay, so it looks like we have more to say about the Mac. Uh, yeah, you couldn't get enough, man. No. So again, if you must skip this episode, we're sorry. Next year, we promise uh, we'll get back to uh, more productivity and book topics. Uh, we literally have a plan for the next uh, few episodes and they're going to be good. Yeah, we want to exchange. A, we do, Just like we don't want to have every episode on a book because at some point it might also get uh, pretty boring. Um, but then we want to exchange, have a change uh, between technology, productivity, uh, books, um, uh, to some extent. Uh, so next year we'll start with a book. And we won't tell you that it's peak, because, you know, we shouldn't spoil <laughs> it for you. Uh, and uh, But but today, uh, bear with us, we want to talk about more about MacBook Pro and also about Macs and about technology and about my opinion about it or my role in this, because last time my role was just saying, okay, 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 okay. All right, all right. So uh, let's start with you. Uh, first of all, what do you think? Uh, and, and then we should answer the question, should you get it? Yeah, with this new MacBook Pro, what I think is that it won't be compatible with my life too much because I don't have any USB-C dongles um, in my household or in my home office. Uh, second thing, I'm tempted to get it because I like the new touch bar and I want to try it. Uh, and um, 
I'm always proud of running Nosby and um, blaming running Nosby on on this fact that I have to get all the newest gadgets because, you know, I have to be on the cutting edge. You know, what can I do? I'm a poor guy. I need to just always have the newest things. Mm-hmm. So so I'm really tempted. Um, but on the other hand, in, in, in my uh, home, I have way too many iPads and we'll link to the episode, which explains how many iPads I have at, uh, here. I think it was literally called way too many iPads. Exactly. And then I have uh, an iMac, uh, uh, which I'm talking to right now. And, uh, and I have a MacBook Pro, a 13-inch MacBook Pro, late 2013 or early. That's right. I think so. Yes. And um, my, my wife actually uses it. So it's my wife's MacBook Pro, but it, I also have my account there. So when we are traveling and we need a computer, um, uh, then we just take this MacBook Pro. Okay. So before, and actually, I think many episodes ago when we were on the Nusbrunion in Gdańsk, I, I promised you to... Uh, come up with um, rationalizations for you to get the new MacBook Pro. Yeah. But I'm not sure I'm going to do that. Yeah, already in the last episode, you, you, you hinted that I should wait and I shouldn't get it now. Yeah, I I would probably recommend that. I mean, if you can't wait or if you really feel like because of uh, the size, because you, you want to switch uh, to 15-inch, uh, if you really care about that, then sure. But I I think it would be m- more prudent to wait a year because I just think it will it will going to be um, a much more compelling computer. Yeah, after uh, um, last episode, after we talked in last episode, and always we listen to our episode again before mm-hmm. we post it. I was thinking the same thing that maybe I should wait, and in, also in the meantime, um, a few apps uh, showed up. Uh, also, for example, there is this app on the iPad called Duet Display, uh, which mimics the iPad as an additional screen mm-hmm. with an option to emulate, uh, not even emulate, to show the touch bar um, at the, uh, the you know, low, uh, lower part of the, of the iPad screen. Mm-hmm. So there is a way for me to see the touch bar. So when you come up you know, next year um, in the next Nosby update with a touch bar uh, you know, features for Nosby, uh, I will be able to you know, at least test them to some extent. I actually think you can do that through Xcode. So if you just downloaded Xcode, then you can run it, close the main window and then open uh, the, the touch bar window. And it, I think it stays open through the whole system. So if you want to just play with it, you know, it won't be the same experience, but, but if you just want to get a sense of it, then you can also do it this way. Yeah, so for that, I would stay, you know, I would stay fine. And also... Um, the problem with the 13-inch MacBook Pro, the one that we have here, uh, it's really good. <laughs> you know, it's it's really good computer, and um, and I specced it right. It has 16 gigabytes of RAM. It has 500 gigabytes SSD, so it's a you know decent computer. And um, apart from the fact that I would want to have a bigger screen a little bit, uh, it's pretty fine. It's it's pretty nice. So I'm thinking about uh, waiting then. We'll mm-hmm. see. You know, I'll, I'll be uh, now with the Christmas break. I will be uh, playing with uh, with with it. You know, in some you know um, uh, places. Um, but uh, I might, you know, I might wait. Uh, just for your advice. All right, all right. That's that's a big step for you. <laughs> yeah, really. It uh, you know, it literally cost me lots of you know thinking and and and, and analyze it. And uh, you know, uh, yeah. I need to. I need really to you know. To, to, to search within, you know, I mean, if I should really get the MacBook Pro or not. First world <laughs> issues. <laughs> yeah. 
it does sound funny, but I am this person that always gets the latest things. And it's also part of the appeal of the job. Um, yeah. But uh, this way, because my setup is pretty good, I have my iPad Pro, I have my iMac, which is really good. I have really good computers. And as you complained in the last episode, the speed bump, there is actually no speed bump. I mean, the speed bump is, no. is very small. So so apart from the new, newness, uh, newness of the device, I don't see the point yet. So I might feel to, I might, you know, wait. Yeah, don't don't get me wrong. It's a it's a nice update overall, but it's just it's just not it's not that big, you know. It's like it's it's less than switching from, you know, like if you have an iPhone, right? And then most people uh, would switch their phones every two years. Uh, that also connects to the fact that many people uh, get phones on two-year contracts, and then they've also found that every two years that's a big difference. If you upgrade every year. It's a small difference, uh, you know. From six S to to seven, it, it's you can feel the the difference. There is a difference, but it's not that big. And there's also downsides, like uh, you have to get used to the the stupid dongle if you uh, if you don't have wireless because they also have their own issues and blah blah blah, right? Then it, it's a it's a it's a small update, and and this feels like like this, but smaller, like. Uh, it feels like this kind of upgrade in terms of um, all the feature-wise things, like it, it really is. It is a bit thinner. It is a bit lighter. It's a bit nicer. Like I really, uh, I can appreciate it. Right now, I, ha I still have both computers, and I can see it, right? But it's very small, and there isn't the thing that you usually have even between those small bumps in the iPhones, which is the you know 30, 50 percent speed improvement. You don't have that here, so. Uh, I think it, it makes sense to wait a year. Yeah, yeah. So um, let's see. Uh, you know, I'll play with it. Um, I'll let you know after after Christmas break. But for now, I'm I'm inclined to 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 just uh, stay here. Also, um, while you know pondering about you know things I should um, have and not have, I was I was uh, almost selling my um, twelve my thirteen inch MacBook, uh, iPad Pro. So the, the the big one because I prefer the baby iPad Pro, mm -hmm. um, and uh, uh, you know I actually wrote a whole article about it. But now um, because I'm not gonna get lots of money for the you know one year old iPad Pro. I mean it's going, still gonna be decent, but not nothing really, um, especially for you know for top of the line one. I'm mm -hmm. going to keep my iPad Pro for now for a few months uh, as my desktop iPad Pro, so as a desk iPad Pro, <laughs> so to have it on my desk. Um, and because it syncs with the cloud, just like everything else in my uh, ecosystem, I can use the baby iPad Pro on the go and in a different environment apart from my home office. And in my home office, I can have the bigger one, the, the big iPad Pro, because it does have some, a few, like, you know, it has a bigger screen. So it, 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 in, in a few situations, like um, in a big mind map or things like that, it's really, really good. Um, so um, I decided to give it a second life, and if after a few months I, I, I see that I'm not really using it as much as I thought I would, I'm going to sell it anyway. But um, yeah, here's some advice from, uh, from me uh, for the new year. Um, you know, revise your devices and see if you can give them a second life, and if you can't, sell them. But if you can, you know, try to keep them. And I, I can see, I mean, I've noticed in, my, in the way I'm using the iMac and the iPad, that mm -hmm. I'm missing, you know, having constantly an iPad 
next to my iMac. And very often mm. I would <laughs> keep my iPad Pro downstairs and then I would have to just run to get it. And, uh, and now I would have the big one uh, here next to me. So we'll see. But um, instead of, you know, instead of getting a new MacBook Pro, I'm going to, um, uh, you know, um, uh, use the new, uh, my old iPad Pro uh, instead, a little bit more uh, as a different, and also install the Duet display that I mentioned, you know, to have a touch bar as well there. So we'll see. I'm going to experiment with that. All right. Uh, continuing with the first world problems. Uh, yeah. I, I, I have a few things I, I thought of that uh, are missing in the new MacBook Pro that I wish were there. So uh, that's aside from the performance uh, upgrade, which I already mentioned. Uh, I recalled, remember the the true tone display technology they introduced with the uh, 10-inch iPad Pro? Yeah, the baby one. Yeah, the yeah. one I love. It was very cool. Like uh, for those who, who don't know, that's the idea. They have uh, they have RGB uh, ambient light sensors, and they they tweak the color um, of the display to be bluer or or redder. Uh, depending on the light of the environment around. So the point of that is to adjust how the screen looks to make it look more like the surroundings. So if you're in, in a room that's lighted by you know, a standard light bulb, then you'd have a redder screen that, that would look more natural, more like as if it was paper and not a screen. And if you're outside, which has very blue light, then it would be a very blue display. Right, and I, I just you know a small thing. Few people care, but it's just it's such a great idea. And as you recall, it's not there in iPhone Seven, which is a shame. But it might be because of uh, space constraints. But it's also not on the MacBook Pro, as far as we can see. So that's a shame. But why wouldn't they use it? I mean, they introduced it with such a you know fanfare on the baby iPad Pro, and why wouldn't they you know use it for anything else? You think you know production problems? It could be production problems. I remember the whole fanfare about Sapphire, and in the end, they only put it in expensive Apple Watches because they they had a company bankrupt on them, which right. would produce it. There could be a production issue um, with the iPhone. It could be space constraint, like you know they 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 removed this the stupid headphones jack, which doesn't take that much space, but presumably one of the reasons, you know, coming into decision was the fact that it takes up, you know, maybe 10% of the non-battery, non, you know, PCB space. And and this would also uh, take a bunch of space. As for the MacBook Pro, I really don't know. Um, I, I think, like, maybe they didn't do it because they don't have the OS support for um, for Night Shift. So that's the the thing that preceded True Tone, which is making uh, the display uh, yellower at night. Yeah. They don't have that. Uh, there's the app called Flux, so you can do it. I do it, but it's not in the system. So maybe next year they would first introduce that to the OS and then update the hardware. But it's a shame. It was just a very cool little thing, but a really cool one. Uh, I think it improvements like that, uh, coupled with the brightness improvements, contrast improvements, glare improvements, really make displays... Uh, uh, much easier to work with, much less um, tiring for eyes. Okay, what else? A SIM card. SIM, uh, yeah, of course. This is why I love the iPad. So the iPad is all the time online. Mm -hmm. And I love it 
about it. That's why I never, I mean, the first iPad I bought was only Wi-Fi iPad and it was the last one I bought only Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. I always buy uh, an iPad with um, uh, LTE, 3G, whatever you call it, but with a SIM card uh, slot. So this way, um, it's on, always online and it's fantastic because whenever I go to a cafeteria, I don't even ask for, for Wi-Fi passwords or things like that. I just pull out the iPad and I just work on it, you know, I, without thinking too much about it. And especially now with LTE connections, um, it's even faster than the local Wi-Fi would be. So yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. even bother, you know. And and for me, this is so obvious. And that, 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 that's it's. I'm sometimes confused when I do get, when, when we do a travel with my wife's MacBook Pro mm-hmm. and we are in a cafeteria or somewhere and I'm like, why isn't this online? I'm like, okay, ah, Wi-Fi thing, ah, connection. I mean, I'm really, I'm literally confused that it's not online with the moment I pull it out, you know? Yeah. And it's a shame because right now, if you, if you want to do it, you have to connect probably for most people through their iPhones or other phones. Yes. But uh, it, it consumes a lot of energy, um, first of all. Second of all, what you have on iOS is... APIs and and systems that allow you to easily manage in a smart way the network connection because using uh, cellular data is expensive. No, it got cheap, uh, but it, yeah. it's not it as cheaper. Yeah, it got cheaper, but it, it's still for vast majority of people constraint, right? But but you can easily manage. iOS understands and apps on iOS understand when you are on Wi-Fi and when you are on a cellular connection. There is no such thing, as far as I know, uh, on on macOS. And so even when you connect through your iPhone, it is very simple, for example, to burn through all your your data uh, and also through your battery because Dropbox, for example, or Backblaze or other online backups say, oh, wait, I'm on (laughs) Wi-Fi. Let's just back up gigabytes of data. Uh, So you have to be really careful about that. But it's like, it would be, it wouldn't be that hard to put a, a SIM card slot in MacBook Pro. They have the know-how, they have the technology, they they have experience on software side to do it. They could do it, right? And to be honest, this uh, a bit frustrates me with the the whole uh, iPad thing, right? That um, to me. For for productivity, uh, Mac has obvious advantages over iOS. Uh, it's not just more capable in terms of what you can do on the system, but it has the precision pointing device. It has a, a real keyboard. It, it's just it it's better in many ways to do uh, complex things on a Mac. But then iOS is better in these other ways, which are really important too. There's some things it makes very easy, which are they didn't uh, on macOS. It has. It's always connected to the internet. There's things like that, which are not fundamental constraints of the Mac. They just don't do it, and so then you know they not abandon, but but they neglect Mac, and then they're surprised that uh, people are are less and less interested in the Mac. Uh, some of it is inevitable because not everyone needs the power that Mac uh, gives you. Uh, I appreciate the simplicity of iOS and what you can do on an iPad. I really get it, but but still, uh, they could do more for the Mac and they don't, and it makes people less interested in the Mac. And then it's just this this weird feedback loop that I, I think 
I, I think, for example, like when you listen to, to, to Tim Cook, in my opinion, he, I feel like he doesn't understand uh, the Mac that well. I don't think he appreciates the role of the Mac. Uh, I think the Mac is very important, even if it's doomed to be relatively niche compared to iOS. I think it's very important because it's part of the ecosystem. Uh, it's it's what made the Mac revive uh, 10, 15 years ago, that there was a group of people who really loved the Macintosh, uh, pro users uh, of all sorts, including developers, who just uh, looked at it as a superior pro machine and a superior development machine, and that created a superior app ecosystem, which was part of the reason why uh, Apple got so successful. There were plenty more uh, important reasons, perhaps, but I feel like that that was a necessary step. If if it didn't have a good app ecosystem, if it didn't have people who deeply cared about the the, the ecosystem and wanted to develop apps for it, which are much better uh, than on on other platforms, and I think it would be as successful. And if Apple loses that because they don't care about the Mac, um, then not in three years or five years, but over the long term, they will do what almost all tech companies do. Eventually, they'll just forget about why they became great and they'll lose it. And I would really not like it to happen because uh, Windows is hideous. Yeah, I, I like the, the mm-hmm. post that Marco Armand posted about why there is a case for a Mac Pro. And um, it, it was very, it was very nice. It was a, uh, it, it wasn't a hateful post. It was a very nice constructive criticism, uh, but highlighting the fact that, you know, we love the Mac, we want to keep using the Mac, and we want to keep using Mac as the best uh, software and hardware platform. Mm-hmm. So, ne- having seeing the neglect by Apple is just hurting us deep down inside, uh, and. Um, uh, we will survive, but it won't won't be a better world. It will be a worse world. Yeah, yeah, uh, that'll, that'll be uh, a shame. So uh, I'm actually deeply surprised um, that they didn't do it in this machine or in the MacBook One, especially in the MacBook One. It seems so obvious. Yeah, MacBook One would be perfect case to, to start with that. Yeah, it would be perfect. I mean, it's pretty much as small, pretty much as light as an iPad, but it's a Mac. It's not a Mac for everyone, but it's a Mac. But yet, it 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 just it doesn't do the obvious thing uh, that would make it uh, much more compelling versus iPad. A shame. Okay. Anything else? Well, there's this one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to make a case for why I think Mac Macintoshes uh, will absolutely switch away from Intel and. To the ARM architecture. Oh, this is this is. Um, I mean, it's been it's been speculated um, for years now. But yes, um, I would love to be on the opposite side of this argument and 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 tell you that you're full of things. That would be a great conversation. <laughs> but but no, I I think you're right. But uh, you know, state your case. Okay, so here's the thing. Right now, iOS is about twenty to thirty percent behind Mac in performance. Now, this might sound shocking, but that's actually what it is. It is. I mean, my my tw- the, the the one the iPad Pro that we just discussed, that you know, 13 inch iPad Pro mm-hmm. uh, that I have is as fast 
as uh, like three-year-old or two-year-old MacBook Air or something like that. It's 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 freaking fast. It's pretty much as fast as as the MacBook One, for example. Yes, which is you know last year's MacBook One, you know. Yeah. yeah. So uh, iOS is is not faster if you compare it to desktop Macs, but that's because they're desktop, so they're higher clocked. It's not faster compared to you know, quad-core Intel processors because they're quad-core and there aren't quad-core uh, CPUs in iOS devices. Uh, but if you compare it like per-core uh, performance, so for example, if you compare the fastest iOS device, which is the iPhone 7 Plus, uh, to the fastest dual-core uh, Mac uh, or, or MacBook, which is the MacBook Pro 13-inch, it's about 30% behind. So uh, here's the thing, uh, year on year, iOS gets 30 to 60% faster every year Yeah, for the last many years. That's why for me, when you, I mean, this, this was a surprise when you said that you're, you know, in three years, your MacBook Pro is just 20% faster. Yeah. Where, where on iOS, you know, we, we get the speed bumps. It's, it's just crazy. Yeah. So to me, it follows that next year, the iPhone 8 or whatever it's going to to be called, it's probably going to be as fast as the MacBook Pro, which is insane. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, look at the uh, the power consumption. I don't, I couldn't find the TDP number for for the A10 processor, uh, but I assume it has to be seven watts or less because it has seven watt hours of of energy, and I can't imagine it burning through it in less than an hour. Exactly. And the dual-core MacBook Pro is 28 watts. So next year, you're, you'll have essentially the same speed CPU, but at four, like there's a four times better performance per watt in the iOS device. <clears throat> Come on, so, four so times as... <clears throat> four times less juice, uh, the same power. Yeah, so to me, this is inevitable. It, it used to be speculative. It was it was used to be cool to think about, but to me, this is inevitable now. The best people in CPU technology, which is super duper hard, by the way, are in ARM. They work for Apple, or they work for Qualcomm, or some of these other devices which make uh, mobile ARM high-end CPUs. So if they move to ARM, this will make Macs faster, uh, they'll be more power efficient. So they'll be thinner and lighter and have better battery life. Oh, yes. uh, they'll be cheaper because Intel is really expensive. They they have very high um, margins on their CPUs, whereas the production of uh, something like the A10 processor is about $20. So it doesn't cost that much for Apple. Um, it'll be more integrated uh, it will come on time more often. People are really pissed about the fact that Apple didn't do the iMac update this this year, for example. But oftentimes they're really constrained by what Intel ships, what AMD ships, and they won't be as constrained anymore. They'll be more secure because you'll be able to have an integrated secure enclave. You'll be able to have unique pair device hardware encryption keys. You have no idea how insane uh on hardware level, this is in iOS. There is literally a, a unique uh, key that's burned into the silicon of every iOS device. And that's encased in a literal cage so that you can't just 
peek at it through a microscope. If you try to, it will just, you know, it, it will just, you know, melt pretty much if you try to uncover it. So that's part of what, what makes it really secure because it's very, very difficult on iOS to just try to brute force your, you know, four, four character uh, key code outside of this device. That's a very big deal, things like that. And that's what ARM allows. They allow Apple to be in control over their own destiny. At the same time, it's a fairly open technology. Uh, Anyone can license ARM. Everybody uses ARM. There isn't the danger of of Apple suddenly becoming, you know, a a monopoly uh, in computers because of their monopoly on best CPUs. But it will still most likely be better. Uh, meanwhile, like uh, for a long time, Intel had the unique advantage of having the best uh, factories, the best fabs of integrated circuits. Uh, but Samsung and TSMC uh, pretty much caught up to them. So Intel, like even with a worse architecture, they had the advantage of being, you know, two or three years ahead of everyone else in terms of fabrication technology. And right now, there's they're they're not as far ahead. So to me, it's inevitable. It will suck. It will be annoying. You'll everyone will have to recompile their apps. Uh, meanwhile, you'll have to emulate them. It's going to be slow if you have an unupdated app. It will be as annoying, if not more, than it was ten years ago when Apple switched from PowerPC to Intel. But it was the right call long term at the time, and this is going to be the right call for the long term now. I totally agree. This is inevitable. Apple wants to be in control. Apple likes to be in control. And Apple has to be in control. Um, Because, I mean, all these delays, um, well, partly Apple is to blame for these delays. But very often, they wouldn't, you know, be bothered to to, to, to update something because they knew that, you know, they, they, they were thinking, maybe we get the chip, but then we didn't. And then the Intel and then whatnot. And of course, as you said, Intel is freaking expensive. And our ARM chips are really cheap and mm. uh, to manufacture. So the stockholders of Apple will be happy, the shareholders, because they will get, uh, they will, you know, they will keep the, the 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 big profit margins. But then they could lower the prices for the, the for the customers to get Macs. So my bet would be that MacBook One will be the first to get it. Absolutely. That there will be a MacBook One with ARM mm-hmm. uh, as the first, you know, guinea pig or something like that. Absolutely, then- it's it's the best computer to do it. it. It's supposed to be the smallest, lightest. It's what it's supposed to be. It's the yep. perfect subject. And you know, I would even bet on that. That even this year, even this year, we would see a MacBook One with this uh, ARM chip. Yeah, and uh, I think it's possible that uh, it will be in 2017, and if not that then to me, like I, w- I would bet money that it would happen no later than in 2018. Yeah. Uh, I also wonder, I don't know if, if they're going to do that. 10 years ago, what they did is Steve Jobs pre-announced this transition. Like it, it was, it's a very difficult transition to make because you have to recompile all the yeah. software. And so he announced it about a year in advance and they would sell these uh these, these modified Mac Pros, they would lend them for $1,000 to developers. Oh, really? And they would, yeah, they would have a Mac Pro with, in, uh, with Pentium 4 to develop 
their software, and then they would have to return it. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they're going to do that. It would be much less in... It, it, it's not a very Apple uh, thing to do. They are in a much better position of power today not to do it, to just say, hey, just take this you know, MacBook One. There's like you know, two apps that run on it, but yeah. whatever, right? Uh, we're going to ship it in two weeks. And, and meanwhile, maybe some developers will cross-compile it on the new version of Xcode or something. But maybe, just maybe... I think there's a small chance they, they would actually make a small transition, not as long, but but just give a, a few months heads up. And, and if they did that, then it would be perfect to do it on, on WWDC. So yeah, in... This year, next year's WWDC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in June 2017, they would pre-announce it. Uh, a, an important part of the whole WWDC would be all about ARM on the Mac. Uh, they would maybe... I don't know, sell modified Mac Mac Mimis or something like that. I think that would be a much better computer today to do as this sort of, uh, you know, transition machine. And then at the end end of the year, they release it. It, it could, I think, it could really happen. It's a cool idea to have the the you know uh, modified Mac Minis uh, because this is not like the killer feature computer. No. So this wouldn't affect their bottom line. No, because the moment they would, you know, really go all the way ARM, uh, you know, they would want to sell lots of uh, MacBook ones with with with, uh, with ARM, and a MacBook one with an ARM chip, uh, it could run for a day. I mean, for twenty hours, this would be just well, this would be a really fantastic device. Yeah, that would be so awesome. Yeah, well, one can dream, but um, but yeah, as, as uh, I totally agree, this is inevitable. This is not um, uh, no longer speculative. This is something that that has to happen, and I feel for Intel. I feel for them, but they've been, you know, digging their grave. Uh, just, just, just yesterday, <laughs> I was speaking of the people, you know, companies digging their graves. Um, just yesterday, I saw a tweet of a quarter, like Q3 revenue of BlackBerry mm-hmm. for the last six years, and went down from billions of dollars to to three hundred million dollars <laughs> this year. Um, well, three hundred million dollars is not. It's not. It's not nothing. But you know, <laughs> coming back from five billion dollars a quarter, it's uh, bad. Wow. Okay. I think I have the the last thing uh, I wanted to mention uh, because we were arguing uh, last week about the the relative differences of of the MacBook Pros and like if if this uh, only feels like it's a small change or if it's really a small change in, in terms of things like. Uh, weight and thickness and whatnot. Uh, I dug out the numbers, and four years ago, of the last transition, the the MacBook Pros were five or six millimeters thinner, just twenty to twenty five percent, and these models are are uh, four millimeters and two millimeters thinner, thirteen and fifteen inch. So that's twenty or fifteen percent. So that's smaller. And as for weight. Uh, the old models were uh, 400, 500 grams lighter. So that's t- 20% lighter. That's a big difference you could immediately feel. Uh, this is 200 grams lighter. So that's 10 to 13% lighter. So ah. it's it's not just a an absolute difference is smaller, but the relative difference is smaller too. So it, it, it really feels like uh, the, the the trade-off is, is, is less obvious. You know, like it, it's nice when technology is two steps forward and not two steps forward but but actually a little one step back because we could have a better battery and instead it's uh, sometimes better usually not sometimes it's worse 
So, yeah, it's kind of annoying when technology does that. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's why uh, what, what we just argued the the arm movement would be like the arm move would 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 be this big leap mm-hmm. forward. Um, as you said, transition will be annoying, but after the transition, everybody will be happier. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, uh, and I think at the beginning, the the full extent of the possibilities won't be obvious because uh, at the beginning, I think they will have to make those processors overpowered. Uh, to allow for the fact that you'll have to emulate some apps from Intel on ARM, uh, which which will suck. It will suck. Uh, we had to do that 10 years ago. I mean, not we, but other Mac users uh, back then. Uh, and it will su- suck now too. And they probably won't, won't take advantage of all the possibilities at first, but in the long term, oh man, it, it will... I hope it will open up a new gate for the Mac to leap forward. I also hope that because it will bring together uh, different aspects of what Apple does, I hope they will put more love into the Mac because right now they have to do a lot of different things from what they do on iOS to make the Mac. And I hope that like, if on the hardware side, the processors and like all of the hardware is a beefed up version of what's on iOS, only with you know more powerful things like uh, like all the, the all the things like Thunderbolt uh, stuff like that, they they will have to have custom hardware for that. Uh, but but otherwise, it will be more similar, so it'll be easier for them to put resources into it because they already invested it. I also hope that on on software. I, I don't want the Mac to become an iOS, uh, a glorified iOS machine, uh, because that would be a, a step backwards in what makes Mac, Mac unique. But right now, Mac OS is backwards in, in many ways, like um, in terms of technology. They just made uh, big leaps on iOS, but they haven't ported it back to the Mac. So there's like differences that, that they have to just maintain two separate forks that do essentially the same thing and then the mac it's worse and they have to spend time on it so they don't feel like it but if it was more more the same things if it was more universal it would be easier for apple to justify making mac great again 